Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Sugar, clinical director and founder of Behavioral Psych Studio in New York. My practice that specializes in DBT and CBT. My team and I believe strongly in the principles espoused by Dr. Marsha Linehan, the founder of DBT, and we started our podcast to let you in on the secret. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome to our very first episode of House on Fire. This is Avery Carmichael reporting from my apartment in, I'm not going to say exactly where I live. Uh, It's in the state of New York in the borough of Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a borough, right? It is. Yeah. Good job. Uh, My name's Kristen Ortiz. Um, I am a, I'm a social worker. We should talk about what we do, right? I'm a social worker. And who are you? Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Passman, and I'm a staff psychologist at Behavioral Psych Studio. Woohoo! Um, so, like, full disclosure, this is our first episode of House on Fire, which we're very excited to welcome you to. And we all are having some particular noticings in our minds. I really, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Acceptance and change. We're balancing that in this moment. We're here. I'm just actually, you know what? That's untrue. I want to be here. I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got fear. Fair. Completely fair. Thank you for creating space for me. Here for it. Jessica, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy, happy Wednesday. Um, Yeah. So we're here February, mid-February, and this is something that we were kind of thinking about doing in January. And that's why this theme is so hyper relevant. So just what are we talking about today? Okay. So today we are going to be talking to you about how not to have your best year ever, right? In a world that is so packed with wellness and everything all over Instagram, telling you how to be your best version of yourself in 2022, we're trying to take the expectations down a notch. Any of you make New Year's resolutions? I did not. Okay. Why not? Because I've never once held one. And then like that, you know, it's a thing that you do. Like your family will be like, what's your new year's resolution? And I love that voice on you, by the way. (laughs) That's my mom's voice actually. And then you give one, you come up with it on the spot because you're like, I don't know what is it. Like three, two, one, go. Right now. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is just like, lose some weight. And I swear it's like an automatic response to the phrase new year resolution. Yeah. When I hear, when I hear new year's resolution, like if I had to do a really fast, like word association game, I would say vegetables. Same thing. And then my, like, I feel icky. (laughs) If you can see my face right now, it's pretty icky because I don't want to eat vegetables. I mean, I love vegetables. And I don't want to do the things that one needs to do in order to lose weight. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Well, that makes sense because um, research from a 2019 study shows that most people, about 80% of those uh, 50% who made resolutions in the first place are going to ditch those resolutions. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I feel like I can't actually pinpoint a time at which I've held, I'm really, I'm racking my brain, nothing, nothing comes to mind. And that's like super binary, uh, factual, actually thinking like literally I I've never, I've never held on to any of that. Yeah, no, I, um, but I, I guess I also like never, um, I never felt like super committed to it either because what's the reason 
that you're like coming up with this resolution because it's a day yeah in which the a number changes on our calendar it doesn't make sense to me and then what do you do when a week in it's starting to get like really tough to keep up with this very aspirational thing you know do you throw in the towel like it's right and you get into that all or nothing place of like I miss one day of the gym and like screw it I'm not going back to the gym you know like it doesn't matter I failed already right I think you're raising like such a key point and I'm hearing you say fail and I'm thinking dialectics. I'm thinking DBT. Can you like tell us how we can not have our best year yet, please? Oh, I can. I can. Justice raising her hand. Yes. Yes. Being very polite. So the concept of a dialectic is that two opposing views can be true at the same time. Mm. Right. And this helps us to get to a place where we are not so polarized in this like rigid black and white all or nothing thinking, right? This year, I'm going to go to the gym every week, five days a week. I mean, we're living in a pandemic. Like, yeah. even if, you know, that's that's number one, if you're not working out regularly, that's going to be a really tough thing to do, obviously. And in a pandemic, there's so many barriers standing in our way. And honestly, not even healthy to go like from zero days a week working out to five. Also a good point. Yeah, so like, do you, do you not make, goals then like is the idea that we're not making the the idea is that we're moving from this like black and white all or nothing to seeing you know the shades of gray which may sound very cliche and like I think as we get into it hopefully hopefully uh people will see yeah people come what we're saying so a way that we do this you know sort of in the way that we talk is by switching from like either or statements to both and statements so a thing we say all the time in DBT is um, you're doing the best you can, right? We say like people, we take this to be true. And I know myself, Kristen Avery, take this to be true in like our daily lives with people. Like it's not easy and our work that all humans are doing the best they can given their circumstances and the fact that like the tools they have in that pain, emotional pain is an inevitable part of life, right? And at the same time, so, okay, we hold that to be true. People are doing the best they can and we need to do better, try harder and be more motivated to change. So we move from these words like, but, right? Because if I say to you, Kristen, hey, you're doing the best you can, but you need to do better. It erases it, just gets rid of that first part, right? The best I can doesn't matter anymore once you say that. Right. So, so as, as DBT therapists, we're always trying to use the word and, and I had this thought this morning that have you guys seen The Good Place? Yes. So you know how when uh, when uh, she gets to, you know, the quote, good place, she can't curse anymore. So all her mm. words come out like mother forking. I think once you sign on to be a DBT therapist, they take the word but out of your mouth. So every time you try to say but, the it word just and doesn't comes happen. out. <laughs> That's so spot on. And I was, I was just thinking like as you were speaking, I was like, mm, I should like orient the people listening to like, our language because you're going to hear us say and in spaces where it like might not even be grammatically correct it absolutely will come (laughs) up when it's not grammatically correct I swear I've had I've had my mother proofread emails for me and she's like you're using the word and here and it makes absolutely no sense and I'm like trust me if you understood dbt it would make sense in this email. Right. So that quirky way of speaking that we all have is for the same reason. You're also probably going to hear us say, I had a thought or (laughs) I have a thought because, right, we're trying to separate ourselves a little bit 
from our thoughts. We are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. So you're, you'll, you'll hear us say, I have a thought. I, I have this feeling. I had a feeling, right? They're, we are not our feelings and thoughts. So that's DBT uh, language 101 for you. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we covered that. Um, and there's so much more there to unpack. Um, but dialectical thinking is super challenging, right? And and it's something that we should really strive for. Because you just did it. You just did it. And <laughs> oh, damn, I did it. So, OK, so let's get into like, what do we gain? What do we lose by thinking dialectically? I mean, we lose the the ability, the right to be hyperbolic. Right. We can't say I haven't eaten anything today. Right. We can't do that anymore. We can't say, like, I'm never going to get better at this. I love your Valley Girl voice. Thank you. Right. So we, we, we do give up something, right? There's something that that feels good about holding on to those black and white, you know, whether it's habit or. Yeah, there's something that feels good about it. And it's also what we know, you know, it's all we know. This is, you know, like all behavior is learned. Right. That's like another one of our like. Um, just talked about another one of our like beliefs that everyone's doing the best they can and they need to do better. We also talk about like this concept of whatever it was that I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Behavior being learned. I honestly got like, I got anxious and then lost in the weeds of my own brain. So Kristen was starting to talk about behaviorism, which is really like the mindset and theory from which we operate in DBT. Right. That's what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking about this idea of all behavior being caused. That's, that was my whole thing. Yes. All behavior has a cause. I think what I'm, I'm kind of getting hung up on is in spite of the fact that I deeply like find making the resolution to be like aversive, I still have this compulsion to do it. Like it comes into my head and I can't prevent it. And it's like what you said about the vegetables. Like it's, it's this like blaring eperb to me. And for me, like I'm planning a wedding right now. I'm in grad school. I have a job. And the thing that I tried to resolve to do was to, to be more calm. And I think that that like concept of being more calm is also quite problematic because it's not a specific goal. So I guess I kind of like found myself in this trap of not only thinking like, if I'm not calm, it means I've failed. If on January 2nd, I wake up and I have that like pitter patter of anxiety in my chest, um, that I fucked up already January 2nd. And yet I haven't even made specific goals around being more calm. So like not only thinking non-dialectically, but also not setting achievable, specific, measurable, realistic, time-limited goals. So ultimately, like I have modified that calm goal to be a little bit more specific. Um, And it's taking the form of like, what is an act of self-care that I can perform every single day um, with a light touch? And it is literally washing my face. Ah, I just snorted. (laughs) Okay. This, this concept of dialectics is like one of the first things that we teach, um, to our clients probably, right. The concept of dialectics. 
we go over it pretty early as soon as we're introducing the treatment, I believe. Yes. Right. Cause that's one of like the most, Im- the, the most crucial things that this treatment targets is that all or nothing like black and white thinking and like not being living, existing in that gray area. And like, I'm sure that everyone can think of some examples of when they had black and white thinking. Right. So like an example of black and white thinking would be like, um, I really want to clean my apartment and get all of my laundry done on Sunday because it's like messy and it's preventing me from working. And I also just want to lay on the couch all day and do absolutely nothing. Like I can want those same things at the same intensity at the same time. Um, and a lot of like what we see come up and, um, I mean, it's getting a little bit dark, but a lot of what we do and a lot of who we are is a little bit dark because like dark is involved in that gray area. Right. Um, but a lot of what we see is, and a lot of what we see, I'm sorry, gosh, I'm sorry, DBT years all around me. Um, is this, I, I hate my life and I want to die and I want to be here still. Um, and then the way that we look at that in DBT is like, you want to solve a problem, right? And that's somewhere in between that, right? Like wanting to be alive or wanting to be dead. That's black and white. Wanting to be alive and also wanting to be dead, kind of, that's the gray area. Um, I mean, I don't know, you two, where do you see these examples of like thinking non-dialectically come up in your lives? I do it with exercise all the time. Like I'm going to get up at 8.15 and I'm going to take a 9.15 class at my gym. But then if I'm in bed and if I like snooze a little and then it's 8.45, well, I can't make it to my 9.15 class anymore. So I guess I'm just not going to go. And it is a way of letting myself off the hook, Mm -hmm. which feels good short term, right? Oh, yeah. It feels great short term. And long term, probably not so much, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that like, I want to go to the gym. I missed this class or this time I was going to go. And now I'm not going to go at all. Like, I, that is like a really common kind of thought, right? Like, I didn't do this little thing that I said I was going to do at this one time. So I'm going to throw the whole thing away. Um, And that can get really dangerous and kind of spread like wildfire throughout your life of like giving up basically at the first sign of defeat. And it's because you're thinking like it's already over. I'm not saying you're giving up, you're being weak. Like this is not a shaming you for being weak kind of podcast. It just in your mind, it's over already. And so it's so helpful to find out how to think somewhere between I'm going every day and like, I'm not going at all. And also like, I, I, if I can accept a dialectical stance, you know, what's wrong with me going to the gym for like 30 minutes and not doing a class and doing, you know, going on machines or lifting on my own. Right. It opens up this possibility for problem solving, right? Like you get to then say, all right, like I can just go for 30 minutes And if you're thinking in that all or nothing kind of way, that option doesn't ever exist. I think another way that this really shows up and really showed up for me in my life is like with dating, like 
one bad date would be the end for me. Like I will never find someone. I will never be happy. I will never have X, Y, and Z thing. And it's like that never always dilemma that is the big indicator to me when I'm not thinking dialectically. I mean, and, and let's be real. It's easy to get into that non-dialectical stance. Dating in New York in your twenties is a shit show. Yeah. I think that my like favorite New York dating story and that it was not, uh, so lovely was I went on a date and there was this man walking around uh, seaport with a boa constrictor around his neck. Yeah, he was like Britney Spears. Exactly like it, actually. (laughs) And the guy that I was on the date with was like, oh, you want to try that snake on? And I was like, absolutely not, because I don't like snakes. Um, And he was like, no, no, let me do it. Valid choice, valid choice. One would think. And then the guy said to the boa constrictor guy, like, hey, like, put this around her neck. And then that was kind of what led to that spiral of I'm never going to find someone who doesn't make me fucking put a snake around my neck. (laughs) When when is the last time that Ethan made you put a snake around your neck? You know, at this stage, we have been snakeless for the entirety (laughs) of our relationship. And let me tell you, hallelujah, I am joyful about it. I just want to take this moment to say, Avery, to you and Ethan, here's to a snakeless (laughs) marriage. Cheers. Okay. So that all or nothing thinking of like, oh, it's all over. It's all over. I'll never find someone I'll ever date again, which obviously isn't true considering that as Jess and Avery just confirmed, Avery is getting married to a person. So, and he, I don't think he, not a snake, right? Snakeless. Right. Okay. I also, I see this come up a lot too. Um, We're on zoom right now and Avery's laughing and like every time she laughs, I get really thrown off of what I was trying to say. Um, so you were talking about, you have to understand Avery's eyes get really big and her smile gets so wide when she's laughing. And it's just the cutest thing ever. Go on. Kristen. I have. Okay. I'm, I just want to go a little bit further into how like destructive this type of thinking can be because, um, and, and how like insidious really. So like I have this I've done a lot of work on myself, right, over the years, and I've been chipping away at this kind of all or nothing thinking, and it still comes up. And I have this like really deep one where it's like I'm working and I'm working all of the time, all of the time, always, and don't ever talk to me about personal things. I only want to talk about work or like I can't work to get into the shower. (laughs) Like that's too much for me. Um, And I bounce back and forth between those two things, which is, I mean, Imagine what that does to my life, my stress levels, my marriage, my my poor little kitten, you know, like the the, the reign of terror that 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 creates. Really, I mean, I'm I'm being hyperbolic. I can see it on Boris's face right now. He feels so abandoned by you because of that. That would be my cat, not my husband. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Her husband is not ninety. Um. So yeah, really, like I know I'm being hyperbolic and um, that really does have some devastating effects on my life and working on it is awesome and it doesn't go away overnight. And the sooner you can start working on this stuff, the better. So if we're thinking about working on it sooner rather than later, and we're tying this back to this concept of, you know, (laughs) no more New Year's resolutions, how the heck, how the heck do we, we manage that? Like, what do we do? What do we tell people to do? Jess, 
do you want to talk about smart goals? So in behaviorism, Kristen's smiling at me because she knows I love these. <laughs> in behaviorism, there's this concept we talk about called smart goals, which help us to set goals that are going to be within our reach. Um, so smart goals are things that are specific, right? We want to really clearly define what we're working on, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. We'll be sure to drop that on our Instagram. Follow us. Right. So it takes, it takes that, um, that, that kind of pressure of like, I'm going to the gym all the time. It takes that off. If you make it specific, specific, guys, I just broke. (laughs) If you make it specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So like, instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week this week, Jess, how would you like, how would you have me put that into like a more smart middle path, gray area kind of goal? So what you just stated is measurable, right? We can measure how many days you walk into a gym and it is time-based because you gave yourself the time limit of one week. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about this, especially as it pertains to something like the gym is with like that dialectical dilemma, as we would say in DBT, I was saying like, well, I'm going to the gym at this time for this class. And if I oversleep, you know, I'm not going to do it. So that specificity could actually get in the way you know, and it may not be attainable off the bat either. I, I'm, I don't even have a membership to a gym, so it's not attainable right now well, at all. To play devil's advocate, a gym membership is attainable. A gym membership is attainable. But you are not setting yourself up for success. If tonight when you go to bed, you say, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week, but you don't even have a gym membership. Right. Well, that would be a goal before the goal then, right? Just for background for our listeners, I begged Kristen to go to a free yoga class with me at Equinox. Okay. Well. And she, it, you would have thought I was trying to bring her to the DMV. So here's your homework if you're a listener. And homework or action plan or whatever you want to call it is something that we assign at the end of our skills groups, which we'll get into at a different point. Um, your homework is... Instead of a New Year's resolution, let's think about some SMART goals. Like, what's a SMART goal for tomorrow? Um, For me, specific, measurable, like, I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to, I don't know, start editing this podcast um, and end it by 5 p.m. Like, that's my plan, and we're curious to hear yours. So drop it in the comments on our Instagram page, um, and we'll see you again very soon. For more information on House on Fire, head to our Instagram page at House on Fire Pod. Shoot us a DM. For more information on Behavioral Psych Studio, check out behavioralpsychstudio.com. Check out our show notes in the podcast description for further reading materials.